Hello, everyone, and welcome to this exciting first full episode. I have chosen Yvette Bowden, founder of Awakened Woman, as our first guest. She and I have so much in common and both served as speakers on the recent Her Story Global Women's Empowerment Conference. I adore this woman and her work, influencing tens of thousands of people with her inspiring content. Welcome, Yvette. Hello, Maria. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to jump into our conversation. We have so much in common. Um, yes, so I'm really do. happy to be here. Yes. And if you, you, I'm sure the guests or actually the audience can feel her inner beauty, but she looks like a ringer for JLo. I mean, this woman is beautiful inside and out. And anyone who comes into her orbit is truly blessed. Okay, it's too early to make me cry. Okay. <laughs> I'm a cry, I'm a cry. It's, it's so funny. So I'm a crier. I've done a couple of interviews and it's like, I'm just very passionate about AW and um, just about inspiring people. So thank you so much for lending your platform for me to spread the inspiration. Absolutely. I'm honored. So in your book, A Journey to Becoming the Best Self, you talk about it as a guide for women going through divorce. So could you tell us a few tips for someone who is on the unfortunate track of going through a divorce? I think, um, I think for me, the key thing, um, you know, after spending so many years with someone, the key thing to do is find out who you are because the person that you are at the end of that relationship is not the person who went into it. That is something that is just so pivotal in the process. Um, and it's scary, it's really scary. It is, I certainly am a different person from the person who entered that relationship with my husband uh, 25 years before we broke up. Absolutely, we grew up together and we left as different people. You also talk about the five stages of divorce grief. Did you formulate those or is that something that is accepted in science somewhere? Well, it's, it's interesting. So the five stages of grief is really, um, it's sort of something that's talked about um, by psychologists and there's, there are different stages of grief, but when the way I connected to it was that I had a loss and I, I sort of talk about it in the book in, in length, but when you get a divorce, you are grieving a loss. Um, not, a, you know, thankfully not a loss of life, but it's a loss and it's a loss of a marriage of an old life of the old you. So you are experiencing a loss and a lot of the the stages i mean it's it's really it, it's just such an amazing process because the stages are similar you're experiencing the denial the and i'm not doing it i'm not saying it in order the acceptance the um just the the, the uh realization of you know losing something it's it's really um it, it's really amazing because i had heard about it 
but I had never really understood that you do go through the stages of grief yeah. because, and, and you are losing something. Now, do you feel that if someone skips a step that that's detrimental to healing from a divorce? That's a good question. Um, Maybe that's for a psychologist. I, yeah, I mean, you're right. But I, I'd say for me, I can only speak for myself. Um, I didn't, as I was going through these stages, I wasn't really conscious of, um, you know, this is this stage, this is that stage. I, I wasn't. I was sort of going through the motions. And then in, you know, when I looked back, it was like, wow, it, it sort of clicked. I was like, this was definitely denial. This was definitely acceptance. This was definitely depression. It's so it's looking back when I analyze all that information that I realized, wow, I did go through these stages. But when you're in it, it's such it's literally a vortex. That's how like, I mean, there's so much going on in there in that funnel that you don't realize what stages you're in. It's I mean, it was impossible for me. I agree. And oddly for me, or maybe it's not so odd, I didn't experience the depression over the loss of my marriage until five years after the divorce. Wow. I feel so like it was, I got myself involved in so much doing that I didn't have time to reflect on what I had lost. And then it hit me and oh my goodness, I was in a real funk for most of 2019. Wow, that's that's really amazing. But it goes to show you, and and I think 2020 is definitely it became so much so much more evident. But we are just always on. We're always, you know, at work with friends. Um, you know, we're at the gym, whatever it is. We're we're always on, and we're always doing so much that just staying in in a moment is really hard for us to do. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking since you were so active, maybe it just didn't hit you until you sort of sat still with yourself and, and then it all hits you at once, which is really scary, actually. Yes, I, I imagine. It did happen. And you also talk about how to recognize when one's depression has reached a danger point. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, that's, that's a good question that I've never been asked. Um, you know, so I decided to go to therapy um, and I talk about the instance in the book where I, I knew that I had to do something. I couldn't mm -hmm. figure it. I just couldn't figure it out on my own. Um, there, one of the things that I think during the process is super important as you're trying to find yourself is honesty. I think it's really hard to be honest with ourselves. And if you ask me what was the hardest part of the process, it was being honest with myself. That is really difficult. Just kind of laying it out there in, in front of the mirror and seeing yourself is really difficult. And I had to be honest with myself and sort of look at where I was, where I was going and ask myself the tough questions. So I went to therapy and it got to a point where, you know, the therapist said, maybe we should give you some antidepressants just for a little bit. And I asked myself um, three really critical questions and I have them in the book. I, I can't remember them from memory, but there were three critical questions. And one of the questions I remember, be I, I remember being 
um, am I am I a danger to myself or you know or my daughter? And hands down, absolutely not. So I knew that it was in my power to make the change to get out of that what I called a cave, that dark place. But I was being, you have to be honest with yourself. If, if in any way you feel that, you know, you, you're a danger to yourself, then you should absolutely um, take steps um, for it not to go any further. Um, so I think you need to ask yourself the tough questions. That, that's just sure. so critical. Yeah, definitely. And I believe now that asking for help is a sign of courage, not weakness. So I, I really, uh, really advise anyone listening to this, if you feel like you're a danger to yourself, please get help. And there is help available. Absolutely. I also liked uh, the solo dating point that you made in your book. Tell our <laughs> listeners a little bit about that. That always makes me laugh. I love, love that Um that chapter and I still live by it, by the way. So one of the things during the process of trying to figure out who I was and become my best self was um, dating myself. I felt like I didn't know myself. I didn't know what I liked to do because when you're, when you're in a relationship and when you're married, you sort of do the same things, eat the same things. You, you sort of become, which is scary, just kind of one. And I started doing all these activities to um, figure out who I was and what I was capable of. So I, one of the first things I did was I went to a movie by myself and it was actually a Woody Allen movie, um, which I, I, I love his quirky movies. Um, I went to the movies by myself. I, uh, went, I sat at a restaurant for lunch after the movie and that was really difficult. Um, the first time is always the hardest time. I, you know, I practiced all these different activities. I started um, doing aerial silks. I, I did some other things, which I talk about in the book. But I uh -huh. really go just, you know what I was trying to do? Step out of my comfort zone. Because when you're in a relationship or a marriage for a long time, you're in this comfort zone. So I was trying to do things that just brought me out of that and challenged me. And it was so much fun. And even now I'm in a relationship for seven and a half years. I still do my date nights. Nice. I, I you know, and it's funny because he's very supportive in the beginning. He was like, I don't understand. Why do you have to go to a restaurant and sit by yourself? <laughs> and I, you know, I love, I'll go on a Friday night and I will sit at my favorite restaurant. I will have a nice dinner. I will have a glass of wine and I will people watch. And I love doing that. And funny enough, I did it last week and, and there was an, a, a group, a, a family uh, having dinner. It was, it, it was uh, a dad and his three kids. And one of them, the older men came over and he said, are you, he asked me, are you a writer? I freaked out. I was like, <laughs> uh, I am, why? He says, because I love the way you're just sitting there listening to the, the very entertaining conversation and just observing. And I said, you know what, I, I, I'm sorry. He said, no, 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 just enjoy the conversation. But I love doing that because I'm so in the present. It's, it's amazing, it, it's amazing. And, and I've been able to prove to myself that, you know what, I am good company. And it's, it's, 
it really does not only lift your self-confidence, but it goes to show you have to get comfortable with yourself. You have to. Yes. Yeah. I ran from myself for a long time and I am really tickled by how similar your book is to my book, a slightly different perspective. And we tried different things, but that's what I did after my divorce is I tried to stretch my comfort zone to figure out how I wanted to live my life as well. So that is really interesting. It's funny in Correct me if I'm wrong. My favorite part of, because I've listened to you speak, you talked about your motorcycle story. Oh, yeah. And that tops <laughs> anything that I've done. I loved it. I loved it. So, you know, you you are uh, in your own right, uh, excuse my French, a, a badass. Yeah, <laughs> we both are. Thank you. I worked hard for this. Which leads me to your aha moment where you figured out what your calling was. Tell us about that. Man, um, so my book is broken in two parts. It's, you know, divorce, love, and and then the awakening. And the, the end of that or sort of the culmination was I started journaling. I've been journaling since I was younger, but I started just writing and um, just, I, I'm not even sure what it was. And I always say this, but I feel that the book wrote me that I was supposed to write it. And I found so much comfort, comfort in writing my story. And I didn't realize that I had some sort of, you know, I was blessed with some sort of gift until I submitted one of my stories to uh, Thrive Global, which is Ariana Huffington's platform. It took about, I think, close to a month. I had, you know, I, I sort of said, let me submit it. Let me see what happens. I had friends who had read this article that I had written uh, where I talk about the dip, by the way. Um, and 30 days in, right before Memorial Day, I got an email saying it was accepted for publication. and. Right there and then I knew, I, I just felt like, wow, you know, this is something that I can, I can really do all the time. And, and it just feels like writing feeds my, like literally it feeds my soul. I, I oh, love it. Beautiful. And if I, and if I can inspire others, it's, it's to me, it's icing on the cake. I love it. I love it. Another thing we have in common is is processing our thoughts via writing and sharing using our desire to write as a way of helping other people. So leave us with another bit of advice about uh, becoming someone you like. I have to say the most important thing about this process um, is learning self-worth. I think for a very long time, um, or for most of my um, most of my life, I didn't realize that I had something to bring to the table. I was worthy of good love. I was worthy of good things happening to me. I deserved it. Um, and and it's not to sound um, I don't know. It's it's not to sound conceited. It's just that we are all worthy of love. That's something that's so basic. And I think a lot of times we deny it to ourselves and the love that you give to yourself 
sort of spreads out into different parts of your life. It, it really is the core of having a good life, well loving yourself. Put. Uh, well put. So how can your newly found fans follow you and your work? Well, definitely stop by awakened-woman.com because there's close to 500 articles on that site and interviews and short stories. So I would definitely do that. Um, I'm on Instagram as Woman Awakened, on Twitter as Woman Awakened. I'm even on Clubhouse as Woman Awakened, which is, you know, the newest uh, platform. Um, but definitely just check it out and, you know, hopefully you can find some inspiration. I know you will because I have and I recommend it very highly. So I just want to thank you for being on my maiden voyage for podcasting. And thank you for sharing ways that listeners can become their best version. Bye, thank Yvette. You. Thank you. Bye, Maria. Thanks.